0: For a long time, we have assumed and been told that in the West, we have separated the church and the state. Okay? Secular versus... The sacred. Right. right? And that that has given us a freedom to express ourselves that we wouldn't have had hundreds of years ago, or at least Mm. in Victorian times, for example, we wouldn't have had that freedom. Mm -hmm. But I think that's not the case just looking at how repressed we still are in terms of our use of language it wasn't that long ago that the word damn would not have made it into a television or a movie that's true
1: you're listening to the sill podcast with peter Noce and harry posner episode 129 time trek f me f you the history of pejoratives
0: tong tool wand wang johnson dick prick knob bone skin flute gadget dork dong dingus hammer little brother Middle leg, meat, pecker, Peter, the pud, prong, putz, saber, weenie, schlong, schmuck, one-eyed <laughs> snake, cock, rod, sausage, member, spike, radish, potato finger, spigot, flip-flap, tailpipe, quaff splitter, dirk, kidney wiper, bush beater, winkle, bayonet, fiddlestick, cunny catcher, bald-headed hermit, and my favorite, master of ceremonies.
1: Fuck, Harry, where did you get that restaurant <laughs>
0: menu from? <laughs> well, these are obviously euphemisms for the male member or penis. Oh, right? which
1: brings us to this episode of Time Trek. That's right. The history of pejoratives.
0: Yeah, when one in particular. Hmm. Uh, we're going to choose one of the biggies, which is uh, a fuk. <laughs> I'm trying to be Swedish here, so not to offend anyone, but uh-huh. Swedes.
1: Well, there's Swedish, there's German. We're talking as far back as the 1200s and then moving to the 1500s in that range. Yeah, German, fiken, Dutch,
0: foken, Norwegian, fuka, Swedish, (laughs) foka, which they mean to strike in the original
1: language. That's right, to to strike. strike. But there's also another part of that which originated as a uh, medical diagnostic notation. Oh, yeah? Tell me about that. Yeah, related to soldiers in the British Imperial Army. Really? Yeah. When a soldier reported sick and was found to have V.D., yeah, an abbreviation was stamped on his documents. So, fuck was short for found under carnal knowledge. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. That's one cool. of them. The other one, there was uh, an origin in the 15th century when a married couple had to have permission from the king to procreate. Yeah. So, I would say fornication under consent of the king or sometimes fornication upon command of the king, which again spells F-U-C-K. Interesting. And one last one that I came up with was uh, during the time of the Puritans, a person in prison in the uh, stocks would have his or her crime displayed on the timbers. And because space was tight when adultery was involved, yeah. they used an acronym that represented the words for unlawful Carnal knowledge. Okay. Now, we can go back further, Mm. even. There are earlier
0: examples of this word in uh, surnames. Okay. Back in 1278, there was a man by the name of John LeFucker. In 1286, there was a Henry Fuckbegger. Oh, yeah. And in 1290, there was a Simon Fuckbutter. (laughs) Simon Fuckbutter. I love that name, Fuckbutter. That's a great name. Uh, so it turns up, almost a thousand years ago, a long time ago, that mm-hmm. this word has been in existence. Right. And why it, do we laugh? When we hear it? Yeah. Well, uh, I think it's because of the Puritanism, because of the mm-hmm. religious response to it. Right. Which was to keep it... Uh, Suppress it. To make it sound like it's mm-hmm. a word that shouldn't be used because it refers to right. the act, and which is a sacred thing.
1: It's profane when you use that word in that way. When you use it that way. But that's one of the things I love about that word. Yep. Depending on how you use it, that can actually be quite the opposite. It can be an expression of extreme pleasure. It yeah. can be an emphasis.
0: And swearing in general, because we're really talking about swearing in general, mm. with that word being a prime example, mm-hmm. is that words are usually used to represent how we feel or think. Yes. And. Most words, normal words, are neutral. They just kind of describe the imagery or the sense of the feeling Mm -hmm. itself. And then the listener kind of interprets how we're feeling. But when you use words like fuck and all these other swear words... That's a direct emotion. Mm-hmm. That's not a representation of something. That is a direct emotion blasting out of your heart, soul, right, right into the world. And it's jarring because it's such a direct emotional. Jarring and also right?
1: adds a lot of color. Yeah. They're all really, colorful words. Yeah, aren't they? they are. Well, and, and even more so in different languages. Oh, I yeah. can tell you that the same word, if you go to four or five different countries, mm-hmm. You'll hear it expressed differently and will have different connotations. Yep. In some countries, the word is harsher than others. In some, it's more playful Mm -hmm. or has a different flavor to it. Yeah. In Italian, for example, a fangu, it can be very, very light in a way or it can be like, don't bother me. As opposed to you're a complete ass saying, fuck off or go where the sun don't shine. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. But it's not necessarily as punitive. Mm-hmm.
0: But do you think that swear words are important to language? I mean, what would happen if we didn't have them at all?
1: <laughs> well, I'm sure you could make do. I might not be the right person to ask because for me, swearing, I think it has its place. And I use it occasionally, but I'm not a typical swearer. Yeah. If I swear, it's usually to express some extreme joy or the opposite. I don't use it in my normal language, Yeah. right? I'm not particularly fond of swear words when they're used gratuitously. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Targeted approach, right? Yeah. So that doesn't mean (laughs) that that's the right way. I'm just saying that's the way I experience swearing. So I like it to mean something when I use it. Mm -hmm, Whereas mm -hmm. if I use it all the time, then it kind of loses that effectiveness.
0: Yeah. It's like when you hear a pair of teenagers using the word like, Mm-hmm. Every third word, like, or, you yeah, know, like, like, and then she was like, like, right. and then I like said, like, you think, what does this word mean after a while? It's right. nothing. It's used so much. In this time of COVID. Yeah. I find myself swearing more, like I'm drinking more. <laughs> yeah. I'm also swearing more, I think, too, because emotions are running high. Especially as this wears on and as lockdowns, you know, are easing, but so slowly that it's barely noticeable. Mm -hmm. People are starting to get really antsy and upset and reactive to what people say. If it doesn't agree with them, their ideas. Mm -hmm. What I've noticed in terms of being on Facebook and social media Mm. is that people feel free to swear more. Yes. Especially at the end when people are kind of pontificating about wearing masks. Right. It always ends up with, so wear the damn mask. Mm-hmm. All right. Like wear the fucking mask. Yeah. Right. And yeah. It's like to, to hammer at home, to nail it home. The argument is to bring a swear word in at the end. Right. Well, I
1: think people are a lot more exacerbated than usual. And so there's also a certain justification, not only justification, but there's an expectation even from the receiver Mm -hmm. that you at some point will express that because they themselves are expressing it more frequently. So it's becoming more the norm as a vent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what swear words, that's the effect that they have. They emphasize typically pleasure or pain, you know, because there is pleasure. There's a lot of pleasure that's expressed with words that are used oftentimes for negative purposes, but can equally express the other side to a level that's not normally felt. But it's
0: all open to interpretation. This, yeah. is, this is the issue with swearing and pejoratives, etc. Delivery. is the, the Delivery, but it's more how people interpret. So, for example, and I've got a book here. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's fine. From 1972. Is that the Playboy? So this is called Playboy's Book right. of Forbidden Words. And uh, Lenny Bruce, mm-hmm. who was a comedian back in the 60s, was charged with obscenity yeah and it was for a routine where he uses the word come suggestively he
1: i says, remember that routine he actually. says
0: uh to is a preposition come is a verb to come i want to come i can't come if you loved me you would come i love you but i still can't come Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. He, he was charged and convicted. I know. A jury convicted him Insane. of obscenity for using the word "come" in this suggestive and "come" is it's kind of indirect. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not even direct.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: But we've seen this now with uh, that with Allen Ginsberg's poem "Howl" that yeah. 1955, and his publisher was charged and that was dropped ultimately, because he used the word cock and balls and that's in sort of right. direct homosexual references.
1: You know whose name immediately comes to my mind when you said that? Yeah. George Carlin.
0: Oh, yeah. He has seven dirty words, yeah. uh, which I won't rhyme off as I can't. I don't have all of them in my head.
1: <laughs> now, there's one guy. That's what I was alluding to before. That's one guy that it never bothers me when I hear him swear, even though sometimes he does get carried away. I'm Not get carried away, but he Especially as he got older, near the end of his career, Mm -hmm. he really went to town. Oh, he didn't care Exactly. But most of the time, his words, they're very effective because he uses them in context, first of all. Mm -hmm. And sometimes there is no other word that can describe it as well. Well, it's also cultural. I mean, you take comics like Eddie Murphy and Mm -hmm. Richard
0: Pryor back in the day. They used a lot of profanity in their stand-up. It was a cultural thing. It was
1: akin to their street life.
0: Exactly. It's street lingo, street language. And people associate swearing with a kind of street, lower echelon Mm -hmm. human being, trailer trash, or, you know, whatever. Thug language, if you like. So it's associated with criminality.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, my own view with a lot of swear words, not just swear words, but language in general, I pay more attention to the delivery than the actual word. Yeah. Because, especially swear words, you can tell the energy that's behind the word Mm -hmm. more so than the word itself. You can swear at someone, but you can tell when it's kind of a half joke and an expression and when it's something that's really meant to hurt. Right. Yeah. And the word pejori... Uh, interestingly peggiore, enough. Peggiore, peggiore. <laughs> hey, hey. Scary. Yeah, why were you doing an Italian hymn there of some sort? Yeah. You're like volare? Yeah, <laughs> exacto mundo. Yeah. It means worse in Italian.
0: Oh, worse. Okay.
1: Latin based, obviously. So I'm sure there's a Latin derivative that's very, very close. So, worse. The implication is negative. Sure. Now, a lot of swear words in certain cultures are directly related to
0: the <clears> church. <throat> to religion Mm -hmm. because originally when you swore an oath you were swearing a commitment Mm -hmm. under god's uh, world to be faithful or to be sacrosanct or what have you and so in in its original sense to swear in a bad way was to swear on somebody else's god not yours which belittled their god because originally you weren't supposed to name your god so much It's, Mm -hmm. it's you know speaking the name of the lord in vain Right, And if you did that, you were looked down upon. So that was the early swearing that mm-hmm. became what we know today. And think about certain Roman Catholic cultures, like in Quebec, for example.
1: Right. Tabernacle? Oh,
0: There's ta- swear Tabernacle. tabernacle. <laughs> tabernac. yeah. it, it's all religious connotation. Yes. tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Tabernacle. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there are lots of sort of uh, angles on what we do feel is an expression of our anger or upset or delight. How about
1: yourself in your writing, Harry? Because you've written a few books over time and you recently wrote your most recent novella, which was Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips. Yeah. You used a few expletives in that book. Sure. uh, Which I found were quite effective, actually.
0: Well, you know, and as a writer... One has to be sensitive in some respects to your audience. But there's a certain point where if a character is a certain type who uses those kinds of words, that's what they do. To suppress that would be to be untrue to the spirit of your art.
1: Right. In other words, that character kind of makes it part of his vernacular.
0: Yeah, that's how he thinks. That's how he speaks. And so, but each time that word, the F word, pops into the text on the page Mm and on the screen, I'm aware of it jumping out. And in fact, my 97-year-old mother-in-law read one of my books uh, that had the F word in it, I think, once or twice in the book. And she came back to me. I said, how did you like the book? She said, do you have to use that word so often? And it was like once or twice twice. in the entire book. So that's how sensitive people are to that word.
1: It's powerful. It's a powerful word. So I have a question that's coming to my mind as we're speaking. Yeah. And your own personal view. Is there also a gender differentiation? Do you experience profanity differently? When a male delivers it or when a female delivers it? Yeah, people are much more shocked when a female delivers
0: it. And it's much more serious, I think. It feels more real, more urgent mm-hmm. when a woman says that word or uh, swears and is upset in that way. It just feels like, because women have been sort of contained and held down for so long Mm -hmm. in our cultures that when they reach through and grab you by the nuts and scream in your face, you fucking asshole, or whatever it is, Uh, it's a shocker. And so, yeah, I think there's a real difference. When you think about it, they're just... Words. I think it's empowering. I think you can tell a lot about a culture, by the way, that they curse. My mother would hate me for saying that. But I don't fucking care.
1: Not Beto. Fuck yourself. Ategamisu. Go fuck yourself.
0: Va fanculo. Fuck you. Ficti. Fuck you. Sifoda. Fuck yourself. Kurva. Whore. Or fuck. Tarawai.
1: Fuck. Lechtizdain. Go fuck yourself. La Concha de la Lora. Fuck. Or the parrot's vagina. Shit. Shai Go. Mer. Merda.
0: Cojara. Eat shit.
1: Anda cagar.
0: Go take a shit. Khatihar khakra. Piece of shit. suka Bitch. Uliat. <laughs> Four. Sag ihar. Son of dog or bitch. Come dumpster. And alad Your mama. Ash Ass violin. Or dickhead. Poha fur. Your mother's vagina, you daughter of a dog.
1: There is also generally, not always, but there is an association with people who use profanity excessively. We tend to think of them as the lower echelon of the intellectual scale, do we not?
0: Yes, but there are lots of upper echelon people right. who use that word. There's lots of instances, for example, in the back rooms of the Oval Office yep. or, or the Canadian Parliament, where you later on in books, you, you hear conversations between Richard Nixon and so on, and that fucking thing and this fucking thing. And there's a lot of profanity. Absolutely. Goes on backstage. And then they come out in front of the microphone and they're squeaky clean. Right, so right. the hypocrisy of that is astounding. Uh, but also representative of just how powerful the church has been. You mm-hmm.
1: know? When you talk about the religious aspect of profanity, what immediately comes to your mind in terms of even your own daily living or your childhood?
0: First of all, going to church, going to a synagogue, you're supposed to be on your best behavior. Mm-hmm. And so our parents have always taught us, at least me, that watching your P's and Q's was right. the early one, right? Watch mm-hmm. your P's and Q's. So don't say anything that's going to disrupt, upset, etc. Or draw right? attention. And draw attention. So swear mm-hmm. words are part of that, you mm-hmm. know? For a long time, we have assumed and been told that in the West, we have separated the church and the state. Okay? Secular versus... The sacred. Around, right. right. And that that has given us a freedom to express ourselves that we wouldn't have had hundreds of years ago, or at least Mm. in Victorian times, for example, we wouldn't have had that freedom. Mm -hmm. But I think that's not the case. Just looking at how repressed we still are in terms of our use of language, it wasn't that long ago that the word damn would not have made it into a television
1: or a movie. That's true, yeah. Because it
0: was considered profanity.
1: Of course, there's different versions, too, depending on where you're viewing, right? Because North American... T V and movies very different from perhaps European mm-hmm. or sure. other other areas where they tend to show things more as they're actually happening and there's less of that Hollywoodish kind yeah. of impression.
0: They're less inhibited yes. sexually. Yes. And that's a big one because a lot of swear words are related to sexuality. Right. The C word, for example, which is maybe even a worse word than the F word. Well right it now. certainly it
1: certainly cuts more. It cuts, well, it? well,
0: well, because of the rise in feminism and the Me Too right. and
1: all that. The word itself, there's what they call onomatopoeia. Yeah, the sound. The, the sound of the word. The kuh Yeah. The it's the very end, right? cutting. It's very <laughs> cutting, right? So I'd like to go back to that for a moment yeah. uh, because you related it to lack of inhibition. Yeah. So I view a lot of the profanity as a result of suppression mm-hmm. because I suspect, and I don't know if there's any proof to this effect, that... Cultures that are less inhibited probably use profanity much more selectively and less in their common day-to-day language. I don't know if that would be the case or not. It's
0: worth looking into. Yeah, 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 I'd
1: be curious about that because I also associate a lot of profanity with a, a form of rebellion.
0: Mm. Well, it depends on the context. Again, right. look at right. there was
1: the F word appears in Shakespeare. Yeah. Right?
0: Yeah. Way back. Uh, James Joyce uses it in Ulysses. Mm-hmm. And one of the results of that was that uh, the book was not allowed to be published in North America for a long time. Decades. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, in an artistic sense, using that word in the context of a story of a fiction mm-hmm. is different from somebody down the street going off yeah. uh, in that way. So, it's all about context.
1: But generally there is a puritanical opposition to profanity.
0: And aesthetic. People Mm -hmm. who feel, oh, these people, they just don't have the imagination to find a better word.
1: Like a shortcut.
0: Well, not a short word, just a word that is more descriptive and just less the same mm-hmm. all the time. You, instead of saying and beautiful, you could say extraordinarily beautiful, extremely beautiful, amazingly beautiful, wonderfully beautiful. There's all kinds of other words you could use that are just as kind of wonderful and elaborate, but you go to that F word each time. There's yeah. no imagination there. So.
1: Okay, that's one thought, but the word really does accentuate better than many words that we use, even though they're considered more polite. The word itself is extremely descriptive. Sure. Also, the euphemisms for those words, for the C
0: word, snatch, pussy, box, (laughs) there are many of them, (laughs) just as for the male member. That's right. The the euphemisms can be as fun and interesting and um, extraordinarily impactful as the original
1: suppressed word. Well, you also get into a fun situation when profanity takes on the same words. For example, if we compare Canadian American versus British. Right, right. Sometimes you actually change the meaning. Well, in the British sense, there's the, and I've used the expression before,
0: I'm chaffed to the bollocks, which means I'm thrilled, you know, right down to the base of my balls. Right. But and so it's, it's a
1: British thing. But it sounds so much nicer, doesn't we it? You don't say
0: that in North America balls but in britain you say balls as a oh
1: damn right, right balls right. exactly right? <laughs> that's what i meant about differentiating between countries and people and the use of the words bollocks that sounds more acceptable it does doesn't it yeah that's one of the things i love about the english language and when i say english i mean british is that they can make something very harsh into something very Shakespearean. Yeah, wanker. Yeah. He is a wanker. It sounds wonderful, actually. It sounds like a
0: lovely thing. Yeah. When it (laughs) means the opposite. (laughs) Exactly. So
1: there's all these other elements that are connected to these words. Yeah.
0: The point is that if you label something, it can stick. And dirty words. Dirty was a word that was attached to these types of words. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a dirty word. That's dirty language. Dirty, as in soiled. Yes. So how can language be dirty is my question. They're just sounds in the air Mm -hmm. expressing emotions. Mm -hmm. Where's the dirt in that? Where's the dirt in sex? Right. Unless you think that's something that's filthy, which is a religious thing, the churchy thing. Why are these words suppressed? Why are we so shocked if someone says that word, especially someone... In power or Mm -hmm. on TV or wherever.
1: It kind of goes with a certain acceptable behavior. Okay. Our association ties in with social behavior. And profanity, generally speaking, is not acceptable social behavior.
0: Yeah, so social behavior is a consensual thing.
1: Mm -hmm. It's a group agreed.
0: We agree, yeah, Yeah,
1: that uh, you don't uh, punch
0: somebody in the head when you're happy to see them. Right. You might shake their hand. Well, not now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> so so please may I have that is better than fucking give me that give me thing that, give me that cigarette give me a cigarette
0: now if you're on the street on the corner mm. in the ghetto you might say give me a cigarette or something you know But mm-hmm. because it's in the context of that mm. and in that context it's not considered dirty it's
1: just a normal way of being in the world when we first talked about this subject what gave you the impetus to actually consider to do a podcast on it
0: uh, I just feel that I'm a word guy anyway, and mm-hmm. I love words, and I'm trying to love all of my babies equally. It's like, which of your children do you mm-hmm. like the most? Well, they're all my children, and there's no reason why I should like anti-disestablishmentarianism more than the word fuck. Right. They have their place. They imply emotion. They express things. And I want to be free as a writer and as a person to speak in whatever language I like Without thinking that somebody's going to be hurt by it. Or, or castigated or, or, for it. Yeah, or somebody's going to upset because of a particular sound, which starts with F and ends with K, mm-hmm. that, that somehow they get offended. Mm-hmm. We're living in 2020. Isn't it time that we became adults?
1: Yeah. That's but, all I'm saying. Right. But is there a part of you that uh, is sometimes annoyed at the fact that the general reaction to these things is so profound that it actually... It makes you even lose perhaps the meaning of what a person is trying I'm to express. I'm more than
0: annoyed. I'm fucking annoyed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Pardon my French. Yeah, That's a like that one tell. Pardon my French. I love that. They soften it, right? Right. Like with all due respect. <laughs> Fuck mm-hmm. off. <laughs> yeah. Really.
1: Like you know, preemptively.
0: Yeah, and here we are in a podcast speaking those words. Yeah. Without. Worry that we're going to be charged with obscenity or put in prison or, you know, da, 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 da. No, but I do have
1: to, out of courtesy, I will mark it with an explicit stamp.
0: So this is a good
1: question. Okay.
0: Why do we need to do that, really? If these words are just words, what's the harm in just letting people hear them and I know, be but,
1: annoyed by them? But I think the reason why they request it is because, given our situation with the wide open frontier of the Internet and access to media and the rest of it, it's sort of a warning for those people that either have children or that gain access to these things. It's their way of saying at least let us know before we even put well, it on. But that's a good question. Right. What's the issue with children knowing these words, at
0: least hearing them? What's the issue? They, because they don't know what they mean typically mm-hmm. at a young, young age. Yep. They might hear the word. They might even say it. Yeah. And the adults around them will go, "Oh, Johnny, what? Please." Don't, that's not a word you're supposed to say, but they're going to hear them anyway. They hear them from their parents. They hear them from, whatever, right?
1: That's a very um, good point. So I would pose the question back to you: Why do you think people do that?
0: Well, because they're somehow afraid that their child is going to be corrupted mm-hmm. and end up in the streets or something. Like there's this extrapolation.
1: There's an association with profanity. Exactly. Yeah. There's a kind of kind of an into ghetto sub-economic, sub-everything yeah. associated with profanity in a general sense. Yeah, if you
0: take a, a drag on a joint, you're going to become a heroin addict. Right. like, really? No, mm-hmm. it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way at all.
1: Mm-hmm. So, And in fact, we're probably propagating it by making it taboo or censoring or attempting to censor. We give it even more volume. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I love it when these comedians...
0: Pepper, not over much because that can be, as you say, it can be tiresome, just because using any word too much can yeah, be tiresome, exactly. right? Yeah. But the ones who aren't afraid to use that word, that's fine. And then there are comedians who choose consciously, like Seinfeld, choose consciously not to use that word. Mm-hmm. It's a choice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But some of the greatest, and I go back to Carlin because Carlin's always been yeah. and continues to be yeah. one of my favorite comics, And and there's a lot of comics that on television
0: wouldn't use that word, but in their stand-up routines they do. Right, even Robin Williams. That's true. Heard him, right? That's true. Stand-up,
1: right? So, which also speaks to the naturalness of it, right? Because the one scenario, i.e., television, radio, it's an imposition. It's imposed on them. Yeah, they have to abide by that rule, but their natural speech. Yeah, is not that way. And I think that's another reason why people do like live performances. Mm-hmm. Sure, You're going into an environment where you don't have that restriction. I think that's also the draw with new TV and HBO. And yeah. I know myself when I'm watching a movie, any movie, generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, I always enjoy adult content more than I do PG. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I think part of it is not because I'm looking for a profanity or because it seems more natural. Right, right.
0: And maybe if we had more of these words kind of out there in a general sense, you know, Mm. in advertising, for example. Yeah. (laughs) A giant billboard that says, buy this effing perfume or whatever it is. Right. Because look, back in the Middle Ages, you had names of streets and avenues like Grope Cunt (laughs) Lane, Shitwell Way, and fucking Grove. Wow. These are names of avenues, streets, lanes in the Middle Ages. And these weren't considered dirty or profane back in those days. It was only until the Renaissance came that they began to see that as a bad thing. It was part of their vernacular. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, maybe we just have to bring it out into the public a little bit more so people are just less shocked. And then you had the Victorian age. And that's mm-hmm. when the euphemisms came in during the Victorian age. All of these things I mentioned off the top. Derivatives of the
1: original word.
0: Yeah, ways yeah. of saying. So They instead of saying underwear and lingerie, they would say ineffables, indispensables, inominables, inexplicables, and continuations. Right, right? Right. Words like that they would use, inexpressibles, indescribables,
1: et cetera. Right. <laughs> So-called socially acceptable terminology.
0: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And Now, apparently our brains process swear words differently oh. from other kinds of language. They're stored and processed differently. How oh, so? Well, most propositional speech words strung together in an original form is a product of the left hemisphere of the brain.
1: Ah, right? okay, okay. Swear
0: words, though, come mostly from the limbic system in the right hemisphere. Oh. So this is an older... Primitive. Uh, primitive, primal place in the brain where these things
1: come from because if there was ever a time to use fuck it would be when you're facing a saber-toothed tiger yeah who's about to uh absolutely
0: (laughs) and also (laughs) when you're experiencing pain yes big big time pain or a sharp pain when you use words like that it actually helps to alleviate some of the pain it vents the emotional oh my god Right. And it actually helps to calm the pain a little bit. Mm-hmm. So there is a use beyond shocking people and, or emphasis
1: right. that actually is a, a self-salve. Self-medication. Yeah, absolutely. That's a very good point. When I think about it, you're right. You hammer your thumb. You, you know, say that, shit. Yeah, that expletive does help. <laughs> it does. It does. Even if it's momentary. Apparently.
0: Now, yeah. I'm not sure if this is accurate. I read this somewhere that the average adult swears something like 200 times a day, uses the F word, upwards of 200 times a day, 400 if they're working in an office environment.
1: (laughs) Which is sort of indicative of the frustration or the anger or whatever it is that's going on in that environment. Not to mention the number of times you're thinking the word. So...
0: It can add that into the mix. Mm -hmm. So our relationship to that word in particular and to other swear words runs deep. Fucking deep. Yes. (laughs) Put that in your pipe and smoke it, you bastard. (laughs) See, in the Roman times, it was socially acceptable for a Roman man to have sex with anyone of any gender in any way, as long as he was the active partner. Ah. So to insult someone then in ancient Rome... A Roman would not use the F word, you know, futuo. He would more likely say, pedicabo ego vos et irumabo. Which means? Which means, essentially, you were raped. You were not on top. You were done to, so to speak. Right. Right? You're the submissive one. Yeah, so that humiliates the Roman. So a pejorative depends on the context Mm-hmm. Right. Historically, there are different contexts within which these words and
1: this way of thinking emerged. I didn't know that one. That was interesting, yeah. actually. What about convergence? So what about words that were once kept out of the lexicon, but have now been included as part of our daily language?
0: Well, I think the F word, for example, wasn't in any dictionary until the 1960s. Yeah,
1: 1965, in I an believe. American dictionary. That's um, right.
0: But words like damn have become much more soft and shit. You hear yes. that more as a regular. You don't kind of get the
1: same reaction.
0: Yeah. As the F word or the C word. Mm-hmm. What else? Uh, crap.
1: Yeah. That's kind again of a euphemism, euphemism.
0: Euphemism. Right.
1: Do you think it's more common among artistic types?
0: Yeah, Probably. And I think artistic types might use that word not to shock or not to, not as street lingo, but just as a decent word that you draw upon now and then Mm -hmm. that expresses
1: your emotion. So there probably is also a kind of a liberal link. How do you mean? Well, if you had to pick it in terms of how it's used externally, socially, it tends to be more socially acceptable among more liberal types. Oh, sure. Well, anyone who's left
0: of center tends to be a bit looser with language and and with what's permissible.
1: Right. As a form of expression.
0: Right. So the whole notion of control, being controlled, controlling your world, controlling the language you use and having the freedom to draw upon language and express yourself fully. It's a critical thing. We're supposed to be living in a free country In the West. Yeah. And I don't always feel that we're living in a free country, especially in terms of language.
1: And you just hit on something which I think is significant as well. We tend to associate profanity with loss of control. Sure. And perhaps the increase in that that we've experienced even during this COVID-19 situation is a sort of rebellion against the perceived control that's being pressed or a lot of people feel is being pressed upon us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably fair to say. And as I mentioned earlier, it's expressed or represented in the language people are using now to present their opinions and their ideas in a time when it's almost like if you can speak the loudest and make the most impact, Mm -hmm. people will suddenly hear you and get your point rather than the actual facts of the matter. Speaking
1: of which, we would love to hear back from you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We've got that uh, record button on our website. Just click it. Record your message, email, any way you like to send it. We would love to hear back from you.
0: And if you're the Pope, you can just excommunicate us. That's
1: right. Online, (laughs) right direct. (laughs) We'll accept uh, emails and voice messages from the Vatican as well. And incidentally, if you do decide to donate,
0: mm. we have a special thing happening now. If you donate $25 or more to the Sill podcast, which mm. we appreciate hugely, as a bonus, you're going to not only have access to our almost 130 podcasts now.
1: Mm. This is 129 today.
0: But you also are going to get a free audio book narrated by yours truly my book Peggy Lee's Delicious Lips two and a half hour long book Mm -hmm. and uh, it will be sent to you free of charge so this is the time to donate if you wish Ciao Harry Ciao Peter You (laughs) 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 The
1: Sill Podcast is a Connecting Dots Media production Available at thesillpodcast.com.